Curtin Cade Mornings weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. here on Moody Radio Florida. Here's today's moment from the show. We are of this generation that just has a hard time thinking deeply about anything. And this can be a negative when it comes to reading God's Word and meditating on it. Meditating on God's Word, you know, His truth and saturating our mind, it's vital to a real growing and vibrant walk with Jesus. I like the phrase that pops up in Proverbs 26.20, for lack of wood, the fire goes out. Mm. This can apply to our relationship with God, if you think about it. You know, to keep the passion burning, we need to tend and stoke the fire. We need to stir it up. Biblical meditation is the key. Joshua chapter 1, starting at verse 8, this, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. And then if you go to the very first psalm, it says this, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. David Saxton has written a dynamite book that I read, that I loved, that I learned a lot from. And as everybody knows around here, I love the Puritans as well. They have so much theological gold, practical biblical gold to share with us today, and uh, it really is a kind of a wake-up call for all of us. This book is uh, called God's Battle Plan for the Mind, the Puritan Practice of Biblical Meditation. David is a pastor in Ohio, and he's with us this morning. Hi, David. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. So glad to have you with us. All right. So let's let's start with this whole idea of meditation and how the Puritans uh, have written extensively about this. And you can even name drop, if you want, maybe some of the uh, leading Puritans who have have written about this. And you quote a lot of them in your book that uh, they've been super helpful. So let's start there. Yes, the um, the Puritans really took up the the challenge of how can I how can I help our people? They work long hours. Uh, they can get discouraged. How can I encourage them to think on truth throughout the day? And of course, they knew that really meditation or thinking about things deeply, it's, it's something that people are going to do all day. They wanted them to focus, however, on the, on the, on the truth. Uh, Thomas Watson says a, a Christian enters meditation as a person enters the hospital, that he can be healed, mm. uh, helps the soul's deadness and earthliness. So uh, this really is a, a gift from the Lord, and the Puritans weren't idealistic or perfectionistic about it. Uh, they, of course, used the word duty more than we probably do today, but they didn't want to make rules and go overboard about it, they really wanted to suit everyone's 
working of meditation based on their ability, their temperament, but it was all founded in the, in the word of God. And that was the unique um, burden of the Puritans because of their belief in scripture alone, that meditation should always be tied to God's truth so their minds don't spiral downward. And that's a, that's a struggle for all of us, isn't it? Boy, it sure is. Some of the authors that you quote extensively, you know, there's a book that uh, you quote from that I've also read that I would recommend highly as well. And you mentioned Thomas Watson, The Christian on the Mount. It's it's not a very thick book, and I think we could be very intimidated by the Puritan books uh, because they're so thick or we think, oh, my gosh, it's so dense, it's so heavy. Can I really understand it? Uh, Thomas Watson was a Puritan who was very easy to understand and yet very profound, like you just mentioned with the quote there. That's one of the, the, the people that you recommend we read when we, you know, kind of besides your book, it kind of whets our appetite for the Puritan authors themselves. So Thomas Watson, uh, William Bridge, what are some other ones you would recommend? Well, I mean, a lot of them have devotional thoughts, but Richard Baxter, he uh, kind of developed pastoral counseling. He has a lot of counsel about this. Henry Scudder. But I, I, I like what you said about Thomas Watson because he's a good introduction to Puritanism, and he had a, a simple philosophy versus some others who were really, really uh, difficult to read. And uh, so uh, my, one thing my book does do um, is also kind of introduces people to the, the Puritan devotional life idea that they will find helpful. And as they read the book, their hearts will probably be drawn to particular Puritans, and they can follow up and read more um, about them, which is which is really a gift because the Puritans desired to to wed doctrine with practical life. They did not like doctrine that just stayed up in the air. They wanted to tie it down to a person's heart and life, and that's the beauty of the the Puritan movement. I agree. Very practical. And did they have deep theology? You bet they did, but they didn't just leave it there on the shelf. They brought it down into the down and dirty of real life. Uh, David Saxton is uh, our guest here this hour. We're going to be talking about you know defining biblical meditation, uh, and then we'll talk about occasional meditation, deliberate meditation. And, and one of the things, too, Kate, is that uh, the, the word meditation, it's been hijacked by mm-hmm. the New Age movement oh, yes, and all that. Oh, it's meditation's mm-hmm. bad. No way. I mean, the scriptures that I read, you know, we need to be meditating on the Word of God. And so we need to claim or reclaim this whole you know, spiritual discipline of meditation and meditating on God's Word. Because I tell you what, guys, I'm passionate about this because it's life-changing. I know how it has impacted my life, and I want to see that uh, in yours as well. Defining biblical meditation, I guess, David, it's obvious, but it's just um, thinking about, thinking deeply about uh, what we read in the Bible. Would you say that's a good working definition at least? Sure, yeah. Uh, it doesn't need to be complicated. It's really filling filling our minds with God's truth so that my life starts to change. It's very personal. It's very practical. It's also intense where you're, you're uh, dwelling on what 
what does God's truth look like in my experience, my, my thinking, my life? How does it change me? How does it root out my fears, my negative thinking, my unbelief in the greatness of God and the gospel? Um, and we're talking about meditating on, on God's word. I mean, this is, this is the book written by the Lord and creator of the universe. So we could expect to have to think carefully and deeply about it to really get the nutrients fully from it. Tell me, give me examples of the difference between or the differences between deliberate meditation and what you call occasional meditation. Yeah. So um, deliberate meditation is, is just part of like your daily Bible reading. For instance, I was deliberately meditating on the beauty of Psalm 46. God is our refuge. He's our strength, a ever-present help in, in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. So, mm. okay, so meditation, this is, I'm, I'm just thinking carefully through, through each thought. I'm thinking about the greatness of God, how he is, is right now my ever-present help in trouble. What does it mean that uh, he's, he's our refuge and he's our strength? And, and then as I dwell upon really each word and thought about God and I thank him and I struggle with my objections, I make some firm resolutions that I am, I'm not going to give in to fear because I have God and I can rest in him. So that's, that's the important, um, deliberate plan meditation. Whereas in contrast, uh, occasional meditation is, is a little different because that's really a, a, a strategy for dealing with my thoughts uh, throughout the day. When I don't have the Bible in front of me or I can't listen to Christian radio, uh, it's, it's spontaneous. It's non-planned. I think it's a wonderful strategy to deal with hopeless, negative, discouraging thoughts where you're uh, you're you're really remembering what you read, or you're looking at the world in a way that you know what is what does God have for me today, or or if I'm having a rough day, I I take it as a reminder to lift my heart up to the Lord and and ask Him for help and 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 grace, and th- and this is this is really what the Scripture teaches. Solomon learned from ants. Jesus taught us to fight worry by looking at birds and, and flowers. So it's really turning what you see in your day to how does this relate to truth and what God is doing in my life to help me. Do you see how practical this is? This is what I'm talking about. Uh, there are so many benefits, you know, especially we're talking about spiritual warfare, God's a battle plan for the mind. Our mind uh, abhors a vacuum, right? So we're going to fill it with something and if we try to, I don't know, muster up the uh, the power on our own, there is our part, but mostly it's God's part. It's, okay, well, I need to be in the Word. I need to, um, you know, meditate and be deliberate about it, and, and I need to, to develop this habit. But the Holy Spirit can help us along the way. It's not like we're in this on our own. And it is, it is a habit. It's a way of training our mind. 
And how long do you think it takes, or how long has it taken for you to put this into play, and suddenly it's like uh, the fabric of your life. It's part of your daily routine. Well, um, I, I grew up in a very unstable home, no discipleship, no mentoring by grace or parenting. I struggled uh, greatly. Uh, I took a personality test in, in college. I was 98% subjective and depressive in my thinking. I struggled with depression throughout my life. And I was so intrigued by this concept of what does the Bible say about this? And so it, I had to work really hard to trust in God's spirit to renew my mind and change my mind. So I, I, I really did write this book for me but also to love and help God's people who uh, really struggle with negative, hopeless, faithless, pessimistic thoughts, dark thoughts, depressing thoughts even. And it, and, and it does take work. But the Puritans, I love this, they, they always said start and end meditation by asking the Spirit for assistance. This isn't something we can do. And you have to just continue to bind your thoughts to the truth. And it's it's always going to be a battle. We always have to stand with the, the shield of faith, right? It's, it's, you don't ever arrive. At the same time, you can get to the point where your, your habit is, this is the truth. I am not going to allow my thoughts to be governless. I'm going mm-hmm. to tie to the word. And that took, for me, uh, some, some years. Uh, I've been a Christian for just over 30 years, and I would say 20 years before I really was able to have some stability because of my, my background. Yeah, but the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step, and uh, I think exactly. a, a, a very good first step for many would be to, to pick up a copy of your book. I did put uh, a link to the book at Curtin Cape Mornings on the Facebook page. God's Battle Plan for the Mind, and it is worth its weight in gold uh, for the mining you have done through the Puritan authors, and you have extensively shared some quotes that are a 15 on a scale of 1 to 10. Um, and so it's, it's a great uh, introduction to the Puritans. It's a wonderful way to, to help uh, your mind think biblically. And so just begin today. This is a first uh, step for you, perhaps, God's battle plan for the mind. Hey, David, I enjoyed the book so much. That's why I wanted to have you with us. Thank you for taking the time uh, to be with us. And uh, I want to encourage you in your writing ministry, um, keep on writing because uh, you're blessing, well, you're blessing me and I'm sure a lot of people with what you're putting out there. Well, I really appreciate your encouragement. Thank you. Thank you. 